Welcome to Let's Talk Micro. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Micro. I hope you had a great week. As always, Let's Talk Micro is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Amazon Music, TuneIn Radio, Gana App, GoodPods. Whatever you listen to your podcast, you can find Let's Talk Micro. As far as social media, I am on Instagram as Let's Talk Micro, no apostrophe, on Twitter as Let's Talk Micro 1, and LinkedIn as Luis Plaza. So go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. You know, follow me on social media, leave some feedback, topic suggestions if you want. You know, these are always welcome and appreciated. And of course, if you follow me on social media, I always like to post updates as to when the next episode is going out. And also, I like to post pictures of organisms. So go ahead and follow. If you haven't checked out the previous episode, go ahead and do so. You know, I went over, I started going over Enterococcus species. Enterococcus is a very significant group of organisms in microbiology. Enterococcus faecalis and facium being the most clinically significant ones. So they are a group of gram-positive cocci in pairs and chains. They are colonizers of the human gastrointestinal tract. You know, they are seen in infections such as bacteremia, endocarditis, and urinary tract infections. And in this episode, the previous episode, I talk about morphology and biochemicals. So as far as morphology, Enterococcus faecalis, being one of the most clinically significant species of Enterococcus, is gamma-hemolytic. Some species can be beta-hemolytic, and I always like to stress out the fact that of course, you know, hemolysis, it's used, you know, it's, you, you look for it on the be- blood agar plate. But don't confuse this beta-hemolytic enterococcus fecalis with the fact that some regular gamma-hemolytic fecalis can be beta-hemolytic on PEA. So just remember to make that distinction. As far as hemolysis, facium, which is the other clinically significant one, it has like an alpha ring around the colonies. So it is not like maybe your streptococcus viridans or your pneumonia, where your media is, the whole media is alpha. Here is just an alpha halo. So keep that in mind. There are other, other species of enterococcus, such as Gallinatum, Casaliflavus, Avium, Raffinosus, and these are typically alpha hemolytic. As far as biochemicals, it is catalyst negative, and PYR positive. So as far as PYR, this and Streptococcus pyogenes are the only, you know, strep enterococcus species that are PYR positive. So out of the strep, because typically, you know, even now enterococcus is its own species, it is grouped with the streps. So enterococcus and Streptococcus pyogenes, they are PYR positive. And one thing that I mentioned on the previous episode was about the catalase. So be careful, especially you students out there, if you're doing an unknown, some sort of a test, that when you're doing the catalase, sometimes, you know, you can see some small bubbles after a second or so. And this is called a delay reaction, and it is considered a negative. So keep that in mind. And of course, as you look at the organisms, start committing that morphology to mind. That way, when you find yourself in a situation that you have a questionable reaction, at least you know that the morphology is off. 
and you don't end up misidentifying an enterococcus as a staph. You know, that is not, it's not right, it's not correct. So I'm, I talked about that enterococcus, you know, they are seen in nosocomial infections, and then being a colonizer, it's, you know, it's significant in healthcare settings. So I mentioned that there are some genes out there that encode for vancomycin resistance, such as Van A, Van B, Van C. So there are several tests that screen for VRE, which is vancomycin resistant enterococcus. So if you hear me saying VRE, think about, you know, know that I'm saying vancomycin resistant enterococcus. And that's what today's episode is all about. This vancomycin resistance, it's seen, there's an intrinsic one on gallinaterum and caseloflavus, but the one that's a concern in healthcare settings, it's for enterococcus fecalis and enterococcus facium. So let's go ahead and talk about three different tests that screen for VRE. So out of the three tests, two of them are actually agar, and one of them is a PCR test. So let's start with the agar first. The first one is Remel Spectra VRE, and this information comes from the package insert. This is a selective chromogenic medium. And if you remember chromogenic, so you have material in the agar that reacts with, let's say, like an enzyme that the colony is producing, and then this reaction causes the colony to turn a specific color. So this medium is intended for the detection of vancomycin-resistant Enterococcus fecalis and facium. And I mentioned that Enterococcus is a colonizer of the GI tract, and that is what this agar is for. As far as acceptable samples for this medium are rectal swabs and stool specimens. It has two chromogens that react with phosphatase and alpha-galactosidase. So when these enzymes react with the chromogen, a pigment is produced. So the reaction with phosphatase produces a light blue color, and ephasium also produces alpha-galactosidase, and this results in a pink-purple color. So the light blue color is for Enterococcus fecalis, and the pink-purple color is for Enterococcus facium. So the medium contains vancomycin, of course, and it has other antibiotics to inhibit the growth of E. gallinarum and E. flavors. So as you know, these are the two that actually have a low level of intrinsic resistance to vancomycin. As far as setting up the test, it's a very simple setup. You inoculate the plate, strict for isolation, and then incubate at 33 to 37 degrees on a non-CO2 incubator for 24 hours. And like I mentioned earlier, Ephasium colonies are pink-purple or navy-blue, and Ephacalis light-blue. The package insert says that some strains of KPC, Klebsiella pneumoniae, can produce blue colonies. And with this type of medium, you know, just like when on the previous, on one of the episodes where I talk about Chromagar for MRSA, if you are unsure, you know, the color looks a little off, or you're unsure about anything, go ahead and do a gram stain. Check that you have a gram-positive cocci. And if you're still unsure, let's say you do your gram stain, you have a gram-positive cocci, and you're still unsure, 
go ahead and sub out those colonies to a blood order plane and examine them the next day. So if the next day, you know, your colonies look like Enterococcus or you do a Molotov or something like that, and you confirm that, that it's an Enterococcus faecalis or facium, then go ahead and release that previous result. Another thing that you can do is always check the history. And if you have an iffy colony, you're like, oh, it's light blue, is it not? Go ahead and check the patient's history. Maybe the patient already has a documented VRE in there. And that will help you correlate. So this medium, you know, it works great. You know, you incubate it, you see your colonies, you call it. But if it's, if it's not working great or if you're having some issues or you're, not, you're unsure about anything, just go ahead and take the time and sub it out. And then the next day, evaluate it. The next media is Chrome ID VRE by Viomero. This is also a selective and differential media. It is chromogenic. And one difference between this one and Remmel's is that this one has eight micrograms per ml of vancomycin, whereas Remmel has six micrograms per ml. But it is also intended for VRE fecalis and facium. Acceptable samples are stool specimens. The chromogens in this agar, they react with beta-galactosidase for enterococcus facium and alpha-glucosidase for enterococcus faecalis. The media inhibits other enterococcus species, including enterococcus gallinarum and Cassiflavus, that have a low-level resistance to vancomycin that I mentioned. The setup is very easy. Inoculate your plates, then incubate them in the dark at 35 to 37 degrees in a non-CO2 incubator for 24 hours. If at 24 hours there is no growth, then re-incubate for another 24 hours. And that's also another difference with Spectra VRE. VRE fecalis produces blue to green colonies and facium produces purple colonies. And then the package insert says, you know, they actually recommend that you perform catalase and gram stain on the colonies. And they say that it can be performed from colonies from this medium. Because, you know, other organisms, according to the package insert, they may produce this color. So this is why it recommends the gram stain and catalase. And like I said, with the Remel Spectra VRE, when in doubt, sub the colonies to a blood plate. But this one actually states for you go ahead and do the gram stain and the catalase before you release that result. The next test is a PCR test. So this one is from Cepheid from the Gene Expert platform. And as you remember in previous episodes when I talked about group B strep and also group A strep for that matter, I talked about the Cepheid. You know, they have a wide variety of tests and they don't sponsor this podcast, but it just, you know, they, it's a system that is very popular and it's used in the lab you know they have a wide variety of tests very it has their uh, walk away cap- capabilities so they have you know for like they do flu c diff bursa they have many tests in, and they also have covid of course so this test is for the cephy so it is called the expert van a test and it is intended for the detection of van a from rectal swabs and also perianal samples are also acceptable. And I mentioned before that the most common genes that encode for vancomycin resistance are VAN-A and VAN-B. 
However, you know, the package insert says that according to studies, the likelihood of obtaining van A is higher than that of van B. So it only tests for van A. What's in the kit? Well, it comes with a test cartridge and a sample reagent. Very easy setup. You go ahead and insert the swab and the sample reagent. And then the swab has like a brake line. And maybe those of you that work in the lab and work with this test, maybe are trying to visualize it right now. It has like a little line. So if you bring the swab up, you can actually break it, leaving the head of the swab in the reagent. And then the top, you can just go ahead and discard it. So it's, it's very easy to do. Once, once you go ahead and break the swab and you just leave the head of the swab in the liquid, you go ahead and vortex sample reagent swab for 10 seconds. Then using a pipette, you can transfer the whole contest to the test cartridge. At that point in time, you load it, depending on which type of gene expert you have, you follow the procedure for loading a cartridge, you know, scanning the ID, doing all that stuff. And then at that point in time, it is walk away. So as far as the results, it results as van A positive or van A negative. If you get an invalid, an error, or a no result message, then you go ahead and retest the sample. And this is done by you take a pipette, grab the contents that you previously pipetted on the test cartridge, and then go ahead and pipette them to a fresh, fresh cartridge, and then go ahead and run the sample. So let's go ahead and compare and contrast these three methods. I mean, the PCR, you can really compare it with the media because it's different type of testing, but I will talk more about it. So as far as the Remel and the Chrome ID by Biomergo, so Remel has, as far as the vancomycin, it has six micrograms per ml. Um, the Chrome ID has eight. As far as the chromogens, so Remel uses phosphatase and alpha-galactosidase. And then the colors are light blue for Enterococcus faecalis and pink, you know, dark blue and pink purple for Enterococcus facium. So as far as the chrome IDVRE, so for the chromogens, you have beta-galactosidase for facium and alpha-glucosidase for fecalis. And the colors are a little bit different as far as Enterococcus fecalis. It produces blue to green colonies, whereas remember the spectra has the light blue. And then facium produces purple colonies. So those are some differences. As far as the incubation time, so Spectra says after 24 hours, if you don't have any colored colonies, you can call it a negative. And then the Chrome ID says if you don't have anything at 24 hours, to go ahead and reincubate it for another 24. And then at that point in time, you can go ahead and call it negative. The Chrome ID also tells you to do catalase. Well, it doesn't, it's recommended. It recommends to do catalase and a gram stain on the colonies because you can have other colonies that can produce this color. And then the PCR test, and as always PCR tests, especially the ones from this particular platform, you know, they don't take long. They're easy to set up. They have walk away capabilities, but the most 
you know, positive thing about PCR is that you can get a result faster. And also, since it's PCR, the viability of the organism, it doesn't matter, it can detect it. Whereas when you have, when you're plating something on an agar, I mean, if the organism is not viable, it's not going to grow. So it could give you a false negative result. And with this particular PCR test, you know, it is only testing for the Van A gene. So there is a possibility. So it's not testing for the organism. So it's testing for the Van A. So there's a possibility that another organism having the Van A can trigger a result. So my, there might be a discrepancy there. But that's one of the limitations that you have a lot of times with molecular tests. You know, you have cross-reactivity. Um, sometimes, you know, especially like the blood PCR instrument, it can pick up, let's say, like the, the MEK-A from a Staph epidermidis and then ID the Staph aureus. So you call something MRSA and then that it was, you know, it wasn't really a, a MRSA. It's just like it picked up the MEK-A gene from a Staph epidermidis, let's say. So that's one of the challenges with molecular testing. But definitely, you know, all three tests have their pros, have their cons. But the most important thing is that they actually help with the detection of VRE, which is something that's very serious in healthcare settings. And that, my dear audience, is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoy learning about enterococcus and VRE and tests that are used for VRE. As always, I enjoy talking to you about this. Continue bringing that passion to what you do is so important and continue educating yourselves. I hope everyone has a great summer. Uh, if you're traveling, stay safe. You know, it's always good to take some time off and, and recharge. It has been some challenging years, so it's always good to relax and enjoy time with family, friends. I want to thank everyone for your support with Let's Talk Micro. It's been amazing meeting so much people, um, so, so many people and, you know, connecting and, and, and learning more. So thank you, everyone. Thank you for downloading episodes, for following me on social media. Let's Talk Micro is going to take a little break. It will return in August. So in the meantime, if you haven't checked out previous episodes, go ahead and do so and continue staying in touch through social media. So stay motivated, stay safe, and of course, continue talking micro. Until the next time. Bye.